Welcome to the job interview experience. I'm a former executive recruiter, search firm owner, and director of talent acquisition. Today, I'm the founder of CandidateClub.com interview training and your host of the job interview experience. Joining us today is Claudia Miller. Claudia is a career coach and the host of the podcast, Roadmap to the Executive Suite. Claudia was named one of Business Insider's top 23 most innovative career coaches of 2020. She helps people secure dream jobs with dream salaries at their dream companies, including fast-growing startups, rockstar mid-sized companies, Fortune 500, and tech giants. Claudia is here to coach us on our job searches, interviews, and career advancement. Claudia, welcome to the job interview experience. I'm so excited to be here. I think we're going to talk about some really great stuff today. This podcast is all about people. So we want to get to know you, and if you would just tell us about yourself outside of work, how do you like to spend your free time? Well, I, you know, I like to travel a lot, so it's kind of slowed down definitely this these past few months. But um, aside when it's not COVID or pandemic happening, <laughs> I'm traveling. I like to, you know, try new restaurants, be at the beach. Um, I like to dance a lot and just spend time with my family. And um, I just got a recent puppy. So he's like eight months. Um, He's a Yorkie. So he has a lot of my attention now. (laughs) That's a lot of fun. And can you tell us a little bit, what what was your journey to becoming a career coach? Well, I never dreamt about being a career coach. Um, Didn't even know it existed. What really happened is, you know, I went to school. I was a straight A student, did all the work. Um, I joined extracurricular activities. I did internships. I checked off all the boxes. And of course, you know, with the anticipation of getting a slew of interviews and, you know, I can handpick whatever job offer I wanted. And I graduated with my bachelor's and I had one interview. Pretty much it was crickets. And, you know, I consider myself to be, you know, ambitious, um, straight A student. So, of course, that was very daunting. Um, I felt very vulnerable. I felt like a failure. I was just disheartened because I put so much work into up until this point with the expectation of that. And that still felt like it wasn't enough. So I, I really wanted to embark in this journey because I needed to figure out how can I get ahead in my career? Clearly, everything I've been doing wasn't going to be enough, and I needed to know other skill sets or strategies on how I can get ahead. And now, you know, fast forward, it's been close to nine, 10 years, and, you know, I can confidently say I can pivot into any industry that I want. Um, you know, I was able to go from finance to education to healthcare within a state agency, then to on the private side insurance, um, all with $30,000 salary increases every single time. I didn't have to start from scratch. I didn't have to, you know, pay my dues. It was more about, you know, how to leverage the strategy around it and then how to stand out and outbeat the competition. That's really what it is. And now I can help my clients do the same. And, you know, they've had even better successes that I've been able to refine the strategy where, you know, even during COVID, my my clients have gotten jobs within 90 days or less and even received up to $100,000 in salary increases. When you're working with your clients, what are some common stumbling points for the professionals that you work with? Um, There's different items. So some of them are, you know, I've been in this job for so long 
that I don't know how to sell myself. I've just been promoted internally, but now I'm afraid that I've been stagnant and that I've been pigeonholed into this industry or this company. I don't know how I'm going to be able to sell myself into another company. Or it's, you know, somehow I drifted into this role and, you know, I started off as an internship. It's now been 12, 15 years and I hate it. I don't want to be in this industry. It's not something that motivates me. But I don't know how to go into a company that I really want or enjoy or change into a different type of role or industry. I don't know where to start. Um, Or it could be, I don't know what I want to do next. I just know that I don't like what I'm doing now. When you see a resume, and I'm guessing that's a starting point for a lot of people that you talk to, when you see a resume, what improvements do you typically start making on those? So always is the how they brand themselves. It's very generic. You know, they'll say I'm a finance or I'm an accountant and, you know, I'm very, I'm a team worker and collaborative. It's very cliche surface level. It doesn't provide any detail. And then if you go to their resume, it's really focused on, again, surface level. You know, um, I reconcile accounts. I, you know, or reconciling accounts or manages day-to-day operations, but nothing more than that. And that's what everyone else is doing. And I know that as an executive recruiter, you know, so you come across so many resumes where it's just so surface level. And when you're reviewing, you know, it could be potentially, you know, 50, 100 other resumes that sound and look the same. Nothing ends up standing out. Can you give us an example of someone that you've worked with that maybe needed the biggest improvements or that you helped make the biggest change and get from A to B or in your case with these big salary increases, I guess I should say from like A to Z in their career? Yeah. So what I can think of, uh, a client kind of like had the biggest change. She had, you know, just separated, divorced her husband, was going back to college. She was later in her career than, you know, most other professionals. Um, she had already kids and you know, she had started with her internship. So by the time she came to me, she knew she was ready for a manager role, but she probably had about three years of experience and just graduated with her bachelor's like less than 12 months ago. So I worked with her and she did have the skill sets and she was able to send over some job postings that she was interested in. So we worked on the brand we wanted to showcase for that. We wanted to have those skills aligned for those roles she was interested in. And, you know, within two, three weeks of her to actively start applying to the jobs, she started getting interviews from like M1 Finance, CME, like these big time companies or well-known companies out there. And they actually started fast forwarding their interviews because they knew she was interviewing with other companies. The end result was she ended up going with one of her dream companies and she was able to double her income. All during, you know, this is all during COVID, by the way. And it really changed her livelihood because she was a single mom and now she can, you know, provide and she broke into her first management role. What does that do for you when you're able to see the before and after with these people? Well, I get, I first is confidence. Um, when they come to me, they're not confident. They feel like maybe they're not good enough or maybe their skills aren't good enough. They're not qualified. And it's all like this ongoing, you know, self-talk that they tell themselves at this point. So really seeing their transition to now all of a sudden feel hopeful, confident, excited, and now they're going after these jobs they thought that they could never apply to, and now they're getting interviews like on command. They're getting approached by recruiters on LinkedIn to jobs they never even applied to, but they're interested in interviewing. It really, um, it makes me really happy to see that. But honestly, what I really love is when I change people's livelihoods. 
you know, now, like I said, she's a single mom and now she can provide for her family comfortably. Now she's going to go after her master's. Now she knows in the next two, three years, she can go after that director role. And really by empowering women, I have a belief that it really empowers the household. Something that I've seen you cover and is part of your expertise is salary negotiation. I haven't covered that on the job interview experience yet. Can you give us a crash course on salary negotiation and for our listeners, what they can have in mind before they get to that point, which is exciting in its own part, what they can do to navigate that going back and forth with that company? Yeah. So I love talking about salary negotiations, money, everything. And I know some of your listeners probably hearing salary negotiation, all of a sudden they're cringing, like their stomach probably has just tightened up and they're a little bit stiff. But honestly, everyone should negotiate. It's really part of the process. Um, and, you know, one of the things that, you know, through my podcast, I've had a lot of recruiters and executives come through. And one of the things that always comes across for the most part is, you know, I'm surprised how many people don't actually negotiate their salary. Or I have a budget of, let's just say, $100,000, up to $100,000 for this job. I'm going to offer them 80. So if they negotiate, I'm still within budget. But rarely people negotiate, so now they're leaving potentially $20,000 on the table that they could have easily accessed had they just asked. And of course, the right way. You're not you know, demanding an extra $20,000, but doing it the right way can really get you that extra additional um, income that was actually planned for you. You just needed to ask. So if, you know, if anyone's wondering, well, how do I know I can negotiate my salary? If you're interviewing... That means you have something that the employer wants. You're in a position to negotiate. If you get the job offer, you can negotiate. If you're currently employed, yes, you can negotiate. So at the end of the day, you can always negotiate your salary. I don't care if there's a pandemic going on. I don't care if there's a you know crashing in the market. All my clients have been able to be successful across all these aspects and still been able to get money because we're able to leverage our skill sets. And we position ourselves or I position my clients as the most top sought after candidates. So I don't care what's happening in the outside world. My candidates are still desired and companies are willing to pay for those skill sets. One of the things I like to do on the podcast is give some good wording or verbiage to get people started. So with the seller negotiation, that's really sticky and it, it's easy to get nervous and say something like, I want $100,000 a year. So, you know, that's that's what I'm asking because I want it. Can you give us some kind of yeah. starter phrases that are, are a lot better than that to kind of smooth over that tricky conversation? Of course. Um, and I like practical, easy to implement um, wording and scripts kind of to this point. So one thing I can recommend um, if you're currently interviewing, maybe get the job offer. One is you always want to have a number in mind ahead of advance. So when that call comes in, you need to be prepared. But you can say, you know, thanks, Matthew, so much for this opportunity. I'm so excited to, you know, be excited the offer as the director of operations. Um, I know you mentioned that the salary is 100000 um, I was able to do some research, especially after having conversations with Wendy. And, you know, one of the things that became very prominent is that you're looking for director of operations that can really expand um, and do process improvements with less resources, especially with the impact of COVID. Um, one of the things that I'm looking for or the salary compensation I'm looking for based off of those discussions is I'm really looking for a salary of $120,000. Is there any way we can close that gap? And then just stay quiet. Every company, you know, I feel that this verbiage or wording is just really collaborative. I'm not saying 
I'm looking for 120. I need the 120 base because if they come to me and say, well, Claudia, you know, we can offer you 105 base, but maybe we can do $10,000 sign on bonus and give you an additional $5,000 in stock. The employer has the ability to almost create a Tetris or, um, decide how they can able to pay that if they are really kept within salary. They can get a little bit creative on other different ways. And if they don't, you should be able to have that list of how you be willing to meet that uh, or close that gap. So it's a really great strategy to use. It's not combative. It's very you know conversational. And it's like, hey, how can we work together to get this number? So because of Claudia Miller, our listener has now gotten past the salary negotiation phase and they've got what they're looking for, the dream salary. And let's just say that they're now in their job, maybe six months in, a year or two in. And another area of your expertise is getting noticed and getting promoted. What can we have on our radar after securing an awesome job to stand out and keep that momentum moving forward? So as soon as you get your next job, you know, the goal is always like within the three months, have that 90 day plan on how do you going to learn the role, how are like, what is processes? How can you improve the role? One thing I always tell my clients is when you leave a role, it should be better than when you came in, whether you improve processes or you created a new process or whatever that is, um, leave your job better than when you came in. And once you have a good rhythm happening in your job, start preparing for your next role. Look at the job postings, start looking at what skills you're missing or need to start acquiring so that way you can be best prepared for that next promotion. Last thing you want to know is like three years from now and you want to, you know, you're asking for the senior director position and they tell you, well, you know what, Matthew, I, I think you're great and I think you'd be really, but we're really looking for someone that has, I don't know, experience with these global accounts. Well, if you knew that sooner, you could actually spend the next six to 12 months networking with people within your department that does have experience and maybe you can collaborate them, with them with that project. And now you can add it to your resume. So when you are ready to start interviewing, you're already prepared. You know, you have the skill sets, you know, what's the hardest skill to hire for this role. And that's where you're going to lead with. And all of a sudden your position to be like the next candidate or the best option for that next promotion. Um, and always document the work that you do. I mean, honestly, I don't remember what I did three, four months ago. I probably have to look at my calendar, look at emails. So document projects, you know, what, why is this project happening? Why is this important? Does this come from your leadership? Did this come from you that you identified some gaps or, you know, challenges or inconsistencies? What happened? What was the outcome? What were some obstacles that you came across? Because even that Intel is very important, especially to companies and or their competition, because now you know what works and what doesn't work and how to anticipate those challenges and how you can be more proactive. So when you do have at the end of those 12 months, that's how you prepare for your end review, where you can all of a sudden state a business case of everything you've done, what it's worth to the market. And now you're looking for that salary increase that would match your responsibilities and your current skill set. As far as action steps go, and this is a hard question because it's it's so broad and everyone's so different, but maybe for job seekers that are a little bit earlier in their career, what advice do you have for self-improvement to really kind of uh, help themselves take the next step up as far as how they appear for a company, how their resume, their brand, any of that looks, what can they do to just maybe improve themselves and their trajectory a little bit more? 
So I did this when starting out and I tell my clients, um, sometimes like there are strategies you can use to position um, and become an expert in your field. You don't need to have 10, 15 years of experience. So if you're starting out or even season, you're doing a new role or you're in a new industry, what you want to do is start networking with people that are in the current role you're in who may have, you know, almost a year plus experience. And what I say is like, learn from that year experience, and then you can almost grab it from the future and then bring it to the present and then apply those strategies. So asking, you know, Matthew, I saw that you're a quality manager, you know, I'm interested. I mean, I just started this role. I'm excited. Can you tell me like some of the challenges that you come across? What are some of the projects that your department or company is currently working on? What's worked? Like, what did you find more surprising? And they're literally giving you the answers to the test and then start applying that into your current role. Does this work? Do you work this process? Maybe that's something you never even thought of and that would actually speed up your work and then keep doing this. And then afterwards, when you feel like you've mastered currently like your role and you're like, okay, I think I've done really great. Start reaching out to people that are one step above. You know, what do you currently do? You know, what certifications are really important? I keep hearing everyone talking about SQL and Python. Is that really necessary? And, and if so, how do you utilize it? Do you have recommendations? Like, should I go through, you know, Udemy or LinkedIn? Or are there other resources that are free or maybe accessible to me? And all of a sudden, you're always one step ahead. You've already mastered your current role. And now you're already a step ahead of your next role and already preparing for it. And that's how you can make leaps into any industry and be successful. Um, like when I did that, it was a role that they were asking for a nursing degree with clinical background. I had no single <laughs> clinical background or nursing degree. And I was offered the job with a 30K salary increase. And I was successful in my job that the CEO handpicked me for a task force to lead a lot of our executives and directors where they had more experience than the years I had been born um, at that point. So this is, like I said, it's a really strategy framework you can utilize throughout your career, no matter where you're at. And especially if you're just starting out, like you're just going to get that compound effect on your career if you apply it. That is really, really good advice. And I have great news for our listeners, especially since we already know that you like podcasts, so we already kind of got you. Claudia has her own podcast, so you can dig way more into this. I know that you're going to want to check this out. Claudia, can you tell us a little bit about your podcast from the name to the topics you cover? Yeah, so it's called Roadmap to the Executive Suite. And the reason I started the podcast is because there are so many misconceptions of, you know, women in leadership. When I, you know, work with clients, I hear a lot, well, I don't want to be an executive recruit. I don't want to be like an executive or I don't want to be a director, senior director, because that means I'm not going to spend time with my family or I'm just going to be overworked to the bone and I'm going to be miserable. And when I speak to people in those roles, they don't seem to be more miserable <laughs> or really work, or they really actually are able to spend time with their family. So I started the podcast to one, bring in already executive women, executive recruiters, and just recruiters overall to really get transparency into the industry itself and what are truths and what are not truths and, or what are lies within these misconceptions we sometimes hear, you know, from people that are not doing the role. And then talking about career advice on how to get you, whether you're, you know, recent graduate and you want to get your first entry level job, or you want to move into your first team lead role, or do you want to move to your next manager, director, or executive suite? The strategies can be applied to wherever you are in your career and helping you navigate that. Um, and as a woman, we come across different issues such as, you know, 
How do I keep doing well at work? I just had my first time baby. How do I time manage all of this? Um, so I, I like to bring in, re- hear from people that are actually doing it from their experience. So that way, you know, I can learn as well as my audience and my listeners continue to learn because it is infinite learning, <laughs> especially within this industry that's been changing so much. So I want to make sure that my audience and my listeners are always staying ahead of the game. Go find Claudia's podcast and, and subscribe to it. It's going to fill in gaps that I don't cover here. So that will help round you out, help uh, get your experience going. And the good news is once you get your job, maybe you'll keep listening to the job interview experience. Maybe you won't. My feelings won't be hurt. My goal is just to get you the job. But with Claudia's podcast, you keep listening and keep learning while you're within your career. And she has a big focus on that, uh, your, your professional working life. So go check that out. Claudia, I like to end things on a positive note for our listeners give them kind of a pump up message to keep them going because this is hard. It's stressful. We're in it together. But what message do you have for the job seeker that's out there working to improve themselves, listening to the job interview experience? They're going to check out your podcast. What can they do today and tomorrow and what should they know going forward? Uh, One thing that's been very successful, not only career for my clients and actually in business it's my motto where it's um, do what others won't to achieve what others can't. And you know what that really means is pay attention to how other people are applying to jobs. You can ask friends, coworkers, family members, like, well, what do you, tell me a little bit more about that process. And it could be applied to whatever you're doing. And then learn, you're gonna start seeing the trend. Oh, you just go to job boards and you freshen up your resume. And then if you don't hear back, you just keep applying more and more and more. Okay, we understand that that's what most people do. So what can you do differently that will make you stand out from the competition? Maybe uh, get ahead of the game. Maybe hire a resume writer. Maybe hire a career coach. Maybe hire an interview coach. That way you can speed up the process. Oh, maybe you need to start networking. All these other things, you're going to start seeing trends of what people do. And then just think about how you can actually do things differently that can bring value. And this can be applied even in business. That's how I do it. That's how I got featured in Business Insider and all these other items. But just really take a step back. And I think that no matter where you are, even if you're entry level, I've had clients where they negotiate their internship or they wanted to go from internship to full time and they still negotiate like a $15,000 salary increase. We set limits to ourselves. So pull away, look what people are doing and base your salary on what the market is paying, not how much you're currently making. So think of it almost like a house. If you bought your house for $100,000 and the market's willing to pay you $300,000, are you going to say, no, thank you, because I, bought, I, I paid $100,000, so it's only right that I sell it to you for one twenty? No, we wouldn't do that. So same thing with salary. Charge whatever the market is paying. So if you don't know what the market is paying, start reaching out to people who are in those roles or used to be in those roles because they'll be more likely to be honest with how much that pay range should be. Claudia, thank you so much for joining us. I have a feeling there's a lot more that we can dig into, so I hope you'll join us again. But in the meantime, how can our listeners find you, connect with you, and learn more about your process? So my website is claudiatmiller.com. You know, I have a lot of resources through there. I'm actually going to be having the podcast um, as well um, here that, you know, the job interview experience. But I just have a lot of resources there to a lot of the listeners and audiences that are looking to move to next step in their careers or want to pivot industries or just trying to figure it out. Again, my website is claudiatmiller.com. So T as in Tom. And yeah, thanks for having me.
Let's do it again soon, Claudia. Thank you.